Speaking of people who are secretly evil, Catherine O'Shea. Oh, yeah. What a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome to WNC Original Music episode 175, the Abraham episode. First of all, I want to mention that beginning part we're just kidding Catherine O'Shea is fantastic and also that I edited that to uh, make it look like Lee was really agreeing with me when he was more like just kind of yes anding me got kind of a special and unusual episode this week uh, instead of a single band or musician I'm gonna have Lee Dyer as producer Lee Dyer's uh, a member of the band Aunt Vicky but we're going to have on several songs that he has produced in his studio, Tiny Sun Studios. Lee himself has been writing and uh, recording and performing for at least 20 years. He studied trumpet and theory at Interlochen Arts Academy and piano at Northern Michigan University. And so we're going to have the songs that he produced from those artists, and he'll talk about those artists themselves. And uh, also he'll talk about the production of them. So I think that's uh, I think it's really cool. Thing he did and I really appreciate it. Lee has a new album called The Golden Hour uh, from his Tiny Sun Studios just released. It's on Spotify. There'll be links in the bio. Also the band Aunt Vicky has just released a new album called Cheap Talk and we'll have links to that as well. And uh, as a producer here is Lee Dyer. Didn't even fight to prove that I was 
person who was kind enough to pay me to produce his music and this was about a year ago he's been a friend of mine but in the last few years or so we've gotten to know each other a lot better and especially since i produced his song we've spent a lot of time on the phone talking about it um yeah so i didn't even know that he really played music until he came to, he was one of the first people to come visit us in Asheville because Aaron and I, my wife and I moved here two and a half years ago Mm -hmm. and we only know a couple of people here. So it was nice to have some friends from Michigan come and visit us. And he kept us up all night and then played a song for us. And I was surprised that he even played. I didn't, I didn't know he sang and played. So Uh, When I found out that he had his own songs, I thought it'd be a good spot to start with someone who doesn't really have an album out or isn't like out on the scene really, but has a great voice and knows how to play. So it made it easy for both of us to like kind of meet in the middle. It was really fun. So he, he gave me kind of free reign to take his song. He just sent me his song, like a recording of him playing acoustic and singing. And it's a pretty simple, straightforward acoustic track. And then I got to take that and re-record it to a click and add bass, add electric guitar, some keyboards, some organ. And then I had him sing his voice, or sing his vocals and put it on top. And that was the beginning of me deciding, I really want to do music production for other people. 
You said he's the first person that paid you, but had you done that for other people just for uh, fun or? I was trying to build my portfolio, so my wife. He's done it for me a lot. Yeah, my wife. Oh, yeah. So usually, yeah, yeah. usually we use that for our band and. Yeah, we use it for our project. We were working on this album, and we didn't really want to release an Aunt Vicky single that wasn't on our album that we're about to release. So I had her. I had produced one of her songs for her, and she released it under Aaron Dawn. Mm-hmm. This is Aaron's brother, and this is um, kind of part of the glue that has formed between Aaron and I. That sounds really weird. To say <laughs> uh, it's probably a different way to say that. Yeah, but... I didn't want to say anything, uh, but uh, yeah. So I don't judge. Aaron and I have been playing music for about 10 years, give or take five. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But that, yeah. uh, when I left college, I moved back to Petoskey, Michigan, where I'm from. And my friend told me I should go join this band called Tube Debut, which her brother, it was her brother's band. 
but I didn't know anyone in the band. So I just kind of showed up with my keyboard one day. I was like, who are you? And it was really awkward. And he was, he was a six foot tall dude full of testosterone that I was kind of scared of. It was really awkward, but it, it ended up being awesome because he made the cut. Yeah. I made it in the band. He was, he was cool with it. So it was fun. But, uh, I played with him for about 10 years. He's an amazing songwriter. He's, he just effortlessly will sit down and write a song. Like if he was here right now, after the podcast, me and him would sit down and have a write a song. It's, just, mm-hmm. it's easy for him where it is not always easy for me to just write a song. He's very prolific. He just there's, always writes. There's like no filter. Mm-hmm. So let me uh, make sure I have this story straight. A, f- so a friend of yours said, go play with this band. You show up to the band. They don't know you're coming. Nope. Set, his keyboard, up, set his keyboard up in the corner and he's like, I'm here to try uh, essentially. Yeah. 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 They weren't putting out an ad saying, Hey, we're looking for a keyboard player. Not necessarily. Anything they were, they were, kind they were, could have been a bluegrass band for all, you know, and you show up with your keyboard. Like, no, I was a perfect, shameless. perfect yeah, mix yeah. of like, high yeah. and, uh, yeah, just stupid enough to not know anybody. My brother, my brother explains that how he went into his practice space, like this shed that he had, that they were all practicing in. He walked out there and saw this guy in the corner set up. He was just like, what the hell does this guy think he's doing? Trying to join a band, went outside, had to smoke a cigarette, calm down. Just like the audacity of this dude. Well, and I- and uh-huh. Back in there, because my brother's kind of a hothead. So he like, he was like, what the hell? This guy thinks you can just walk up in my band and then goes in and plays with them. He's like, oh yeah, you're in the band. So he was all like, cocky and got there and then I started hearing some stories. I was like, man, this is probably a bad scene. It's probably shit. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, so oh I was a little uh, stressed out, but it ended up working out really well. Yeah, and they've, they've been writing songs together for like... And then uh, I quit my job at the gas station so I could go to the next practice. It was great. It was just a gas station. You could have just gone and see if you had actually lost your job. You could have just said, well, it's just a gas station. Yeah, yeah, right. If I don't show up one day and then show up okay. the next day, you know, what are they going to do? Yeah, that's the real test. I know.
that song I wrote about being jealous of other people. Uh, or maybe not jealousy, but like comparing yourself to other folks. Oh, yeah. So Very dangerous. It kind of has to do with like being crippled by if you're always like comparing yourself to other folks, then, you know, it makes it really hard to create yourself. And mm. uh, it's a really slippery slope. And uh, I was feeling I'd come from a time where I'd been very like had a lot of writer's block and I was watching all these pandemic posters, like all these people that were joke that they had all this extra time and they were just writing all these songs. Look, I'm so creative. I'm looking at my output and I was feeling not the same way. I didn't, it didn't affect me in that way. I didn't, I didn't get super creative. First of all, I was working quite a bit, but I was also, I don't know, like overwhelmed or something. And so, uh, it's emotionally and mentally fatiguing just to be in a pandemic in the first place. I was like dealing with it differently than some other artists. I was, I think I was feeling man, like all these other people are drawing inspiration and creating. And like, I just felt like I wasn't. So I was very aware of the fact that I felt like I wasn't putting out very much. Mm-hmm. I wasn't writing and I wasn't putting out art very much. And so that song had a lot to do with that feeling where, you know, you can always compare yourself to someone else. There's always someone doing something better than mm-hmm. you. There's always someone that makes it look easy. Um, and in the the beginning half of the song, I'm kind of letting that shut me down in, in the way, lyrically, the way I'm talking about it. And then in the end, I decided to use that as motivation to do my own thing. But yeah. it's just kind of like, I, I think a lot of artists struggle with that. I struggle with that just generally in my life, like trying not to be jealous of what other people have, trying not to like compare myself to other people. And, um, yeah. you know, it's like, now when you, uh, when you say the pandemic, just to be clear, you're talking about the COVID-19 pandemic? Yeah, that one. No, that, okay. Yeah, the, I mean, I didn't know when you wrote it. You might have written it in 1917. A couple of years. During the Spanish flu. Yeah. The zombie apocalypse, but we wiped them out, right? Lee, I thought you were giving me the finger out of the corner of my eye there for a second. You might have been, yeah. But Lee, okay. Lee have all the magic on that song. I wrote the song. Right. But he's the guitar so, part and the melody, but he did. He, he yeah. There's a ton of songs for me to choose from, so it and I kind of just, you know, she she has a big say in what, what songs she wants to get produced or whatever. Too, but I like the more, like, simple and cut-dry songs where she she's talk, always talking about, I'm a mediocre guitarist or I'm not the greatest musician. <laughs> but she comes up with really interesting chords. But I, sometimes it's nice to have a really straightforward song because then I get to play on a straightforward song. And it's just, it's fun. It's like... Yeah. It's just a straightforward, like grungy rock and roll tune. And so I got to play drums to that, put a bass line, chug a chug of guitars and then play a fun solo. And it's, it sometimes it's refreshing to not have a bunch of wild chords and a bunch of weird stuff going on. It's just a straightforward song. It's got a good straightforward message. It like, it's one of the songs that when I went to produce it, it, it wasn't, days and days of me like what am i gonna what am i gonna do here it's like no it's just mm-hmm. like play the root note and then go to the next chord it's fine it's like you know uh one thing just about this is more about the subject matter that drives me crazy is um when people say things like uh you shouldn't compare yourself to other people because they might it's, they're saying that they might have something wrong that you don't know about which is uh, which might be true but that's not a healthy way to avoid comparing yourself to other people because honestly there are people who there and there may be people who just have it all figured out. They may be 
good looking, smart, talented, you know, nice people. They're not secretly evil, you know, and, and good for them. And you can't, yeah. If you're, if you're, if your technique to feel good about yourself is to tell yourself that other people have, you know, terrible secrets and they go home and they're miserable or there's, you know, secretly jerks or something like that is going to fall down when you find out someone's not like when I look at someone like, uh, like just Bradley Cooper, you know, yeah. I mean, he's, he's not uh, generally, he takes his mother to award shows, you know, he can, he can, uh, act and write and direct. And then we found out last year he can sing great, you know, so, you know, and just, he's, he's probably a great person, you know, he's probably a great guy. And, uh, and I can't like tell, I can't look at him and say, I feel bad about myself. So I have to like, look and try to find something bad about him because that's not, that's not a good way to be that. That makes you worse. There is literally one, that song actually has to do with a lesson that I've learned as I've gotten older. Because I was, when I was younger, I was much more jealous, much more like, oh, I just wish I had what they had. And why do they get me? It's not fair. And I just had this, like, I would compare myself to people more. So this is sort of like Mm -hmm. older version of myself looking back at like an issue that is used to really plague me still does, but it's like a more mature, I think it's a more mature thought thought process on it. Um, but the thing I learned, it has a lot to do with what you were saying is, uh, that being some, someone succeeding at something does not take away from you succeeding at something. There's not like a limited pool of success or people being good at things or getting praised for something. You know what I mean? So like, there's room for us all to be good and there's room for us all to voice and to like do something awesome and to be, and to be celebrated for it. It's not like someone else gets praised and that takes something from you. It doesn't. It's like, you should be happy for other people when they're doing well. And, and when they're making beautiful art and they're coming up with really interesting ideas that you never thought of that you should be like stoked about it instead of like, damn, why did not think of that? Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> Who wants to live in a world where everybody's secretly miserable or, yeah. you know, failing and, you know, oh, no. that's terrible. I, yeah. I like the uh, secretly evil thing that you were yeah. saying. Like, yeah, they got it yeah. all together. But, but they're, they're secretly evil. Must mean they're right. secretly right. evil. I think that's fun. I mean, some people are. Yeah. Space. I mean, I could tell you a couple. But... <laughs> Let's do it. Okay, more from Lee Dyer in just a few moments and the songs he uh, produced and discussion about those songs. Also, I want to remind you, right, actually uh, tell you for the first time uh, that his website is leedyer.com, L E E D Y E R.com, and also tinysunstudio.com. I think I forgot to mention that at the top of the episode. So uh, just go to those sites for Lee's music, both that he's written and recorded and that he's produced for other people. Don't forget to go to wncoriginalmusic.com to subscribe to the podcast or search WNC Original Music wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And go back and listen to those old episodes too. You imagine every every episode is like its own album. Uh, so you get just a free downloaded albums with a lot of talking in between. That sounds really cool now that I think about it. This is Jim from Angry Blue Planet. We have a delicious album for you on Bandcamp. Go to angryblueplanet.bandcamp.com and grab our album because it's fantastic. And Bandcamp supporters get the PDF album booklet as an added bonus. angryblueplanet.bandcamp.com
corrections and clarifications from last week's episode featuring the Get Right Band. The Birds is uh, kind of a uh, semi-horror movie uh, that comments on uh, humans' treatment of the Earth. The Burbs is a semi-horror movie that comments on humans' treatment of the Earth. So we were both right.
Speaking of people who are secretly evil, Catherine O'Shea, <laughs> Snakeskin. Oh, yeah. What a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> I know. She is a jerk. She's got a perfect voice and it's annoying. Yeah. Um, and so this is great. So this is the first person outside of my wife and, well, Tom Spades actually came to my basement. Mm. So those two actually came to my studio. And I'm using quotes there because it's it's mm. basement. Not supposed to tell people that. <laughs> I probably should <laughs> be yelling about it. But I'm not off. The, the thing that I offer is not my amazing microphones and my amazing studio space. It's what what I can do to help arrange a your song. amazing composition skills I, and your I like yeah. taking mm-hmm. someone's song from their acoustic and them singing to like the fully orchestrated rock version of that. So uh, it was fun to have Catherine over because she her she just put out an album with her brother Michael O'Shea mm-hmm. and it's beautiful and it's awesome it sounds incredible because she sounds incredible and it's just her and her instrument. Like her singing and then her playing her, her instrument. There's not really a lot else going on. Um, and it sounds great that way. And yeah. everyone should, should have that album. But I think she's been interested in trying to explore what it would sound like with a full band, but knowing where to start with that. Like hiring a whole band is kind of a big deal. Like hiring a drummer and a bassist and then having them write parts that, and then what if they write a part that you don't like? And then you have to tell yeah. them like, or fire them and it's just super awkward. I mean, that's a pretty extreme uh, reaction to someone I, making a, to your drummer. I don't like that. You're fired. Sorry. I have a history of maybe firing them. Dude, that's our fifth drummer this week. You gotta stop firing people. <laughs> At least they're not dying though, right? Like, is it- Right, yeah. I guess, yeah. I like that silver lining way to look at it. But I guess what I'm getting at is with, uh, uh, with me, you only have to fire one person. <laughs> Right. <laughs> it's like uh i don't know so it's been, it was just fun she actually came over and sang in the basement and uh we we tried a, a few different mics out and found the one that worked for her and sounded the best and then just recently she came over to do the final mix in person because we we're on like mix eight now mix seven mix eight something like that and it's getting to the point where we're just like i don't even know maybe we should turn this up maybe we should turn that down and so she just came over and we did it in person and we ended up finding some stuff that I wouldn't have found without her there. So it's, it's been interesting working with someone local who can actually come over to the house and, and sing on a nice mic. Cause a lot of what I've been doing is over the internet and people record with whatever they can record with. And then that's cool too. Uh, we'll work with whatever, but it, it was nice to have, the ability to have her come over in person and do stuff. Feeling good now. I think I'm feeling good now. Believe me, 
presence about him but what's been fun with working with neil is that he um first of all writes really interesting rock and roll oriented music which is what i love to do i mean if i when i have my way that's gonna be all i do is produce rock rock music for people like neil um he is also really down to just do a super lo-fi version of things and so he's been doing, I'll, I will take his song and produce it from scratch like I do for everyone, but then he records his vocals on his iPhone and then sends me iPhone recordings of his vocals and I mix them into his track, which it ends up sounding sweet, but he's cool with a lo-fi sound. On this song, I actually went to the studio and recorded drums in a studio to get a nice drum sound because that's one of the only things that it's hard to get a good sound in a basement without like the right noise trappings and like a bunch of nice mics and knowing what you're doing and stuff. So I go to a studio most of the time to do drums, but Neil has been cool with just using a couple of mics on my basement kit. And, you know, so like he's been a, an awesome example of like, if you're just looking for like, you want to hear your sound rocked out, and you don't necessarily want to spend the money that it costs to go to a really nice studio and get, you know, go use a nice mic for your vocals in the studio and stuff. You just want to do a lo-fi version. It can still yeah. sound really cool. It's just, yeah. it's less work for me. It's less work for him. And, and it costs less because yeah, of that. Yeah. So. Now, I mean, there's a lot of examples of things that sound lo-fi that you don't even think they're so integrated into um, mainstream music, you don't think of them as lo-fi, but like trap drums are just lo-fi, lo-fi drums, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. um, things like that. You know, uh, a lot of effects are just lo-fi versions of fuzz and EQ and that sort of thing. It's like blown out. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Do you ever use, uh, 
like electronic drums? Absolutely. Um, I mostly, I like the sound of, I like the sound of live drums. I like live guitars. I generally want to do kind of a retro rock vibe. So even if it's like, um, even if it's like a singer songwriter style song, I would want it to kind of lean towards a retro rock sound in the end. Um, but it's different for every song, but I will use, I, I like to mix MIDI drums with real drums. So if I'm going to yeah. use MIDI drums, maybe I'll use a ride cymbal and blend it in with the kit, with the live kit, or I'll use, I'll uh, like double a tom with a MIDI tom to get a bigger, boomier sound. But I use yeah. it like a tool. I don't like, generally don't use just... I feel like you write with it sometimes. Sometimes, right? yeah. And sometimes I'll write apart. That was more when I lived in an apartment and I couldn't practice on my drums now i have a drum set in in my studio so i can actually play
Yeah, so I uh, I know Tom. Is Tom who? Tom Spades. Tom Spades is his name on Spotify, but I know him as Tom. Oh, yeah. And he is one of the first I made in Asheville. I worked at a coffee slash restaurant, coffee as a barista at a place called Waterbird, which is no longer open due to the uh, wine flu pandemic that rolled through Asheville. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. SARS three. I met Tommy there. Uh, he's awesome. He knows a lot about coffee. He rides a motorcycle. He's got a lot of tattoos. He wears a ring on every finger. He looks like a real badass. And he is- Are you reading off of his Tinder profile right now? Yeah, that- I, I am. But <laughs> <laughs> he's so like he yeah. looks like the kind of guy that I would be scared of at a bar. But when you talk to him, he's the nicest like person nice And he wrote yeah. the plan. Yeah, and so uh, he knew that I was doing uh, music production, and he hit me up and said, "I have a song that I'd love to work on it." And it was a great excuse for us to hang out. And he he was one of the other people that actually came over to my studio and and recorded his vocals. He actually did his guitar for that as well. And then had a friend who played violin who wanted to play the track. So she, I never met her. Still don't know who this person is really. She just (laughs) recordings of her playing along with the song. And then I chopped them up and used what we wanted in different spots. But you did do interesting. You did like, Um, you did like an alternative drum setup. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't even use a drum set on this because, uh, uh, yeah, I was, I was trying to give him a, a good, right and make it worth his while and also it didn't really need drums kind of a folk song so what i ended up mm-hmm. doing is i did just the floor time and i played it with brushes and i had a close mic i had a 57 just like a standard instrument mic right up on it to get the um, mm-hmm. the big boomy sound and then off in the far side of the room i put a condenser mic so it has that from the wisps and then i yeah Two of those to make the drum sound for the track, and then I added oh, cool. reverb to the the boomy sound. That mm-hmm. Got a lot of space. What's something you're working on now? What's something that's like in production, either for Aunt Vicky or someone else? Well, working on. I'm still technically working on Catherine's song, but <laughs> we won't talk about that because we're going to be using that. Um, I'm working on a song for Neil right now, Neil Zorhoff. Uh, and it's kind of like a trippy psych rock song. And I'm also, I'm working on a song for a guy in Texas. He's the first stranger that hired me. Um, mm-hmm. I've been doing some ads on Facebook and he was looking for a music producer. So he sent me a song and I'm working on that for him. Um, and I'm also just working on some of my own music because I feel like that would be the best way to show the style of music that I'd like to be working on. Yeah, because I really generally just want to produce a certain kind of music. I want to do like retro rock music. Mm-hmm. Like I want it to have live drums. I want it to be mostly guitar or piano centric, and kind of simple, simple arrangements like the Beatles, but really intentional part writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to meeting some more songwriters that have good songs and a nice vibe that, like it works really well for Catherine because she already can sing really well. Neil is really great too because he's got an endless, seemingly endless supply of songs to just 
to, to keep working on. So that's awesome. Okay. Thanks again to Lee Dyer for being on the podcast. Don't forget you can find his music at LeeDyer.com and TinySunStudio.com. Also want to thank all the musicians who provided songs uh, for the podcast this week, all produced by Lee Dyer. Those musicians are Adam Prozak with Born to Lose, Daniel Glenn Campbell with Change in the Chemical, Aaron Dawn with The Effortless, Catherine O'Shea with Snakeskin, Neil Zorhoff with When I Catapult, and Tom Spades with Dandelion. You can find links to all their music in the show notes. One more time, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, WNC Original Music, wherever you get your podcasts. And I think that's going to be it for this episode. Have a good week. Just no, it's, just it's offensive. It's offensive. It's offensive. Stay away from that.